Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Second Act Actors. I'm your host, Dr. Janet McMorty, and I was and still am a medical doctor trying to simultaneously pursue a career in acting. It's Love Loss and What I Wore Week! I'm so excited. I have four incredible episodes coming at you this week, celebrating the four incredible women that I got to share a stage with in the Mariposa Arts Theatre production of Love Loss and What I Wore. This was an amazing production to be a part of. It was the first one back at the Aurelia Opera House after the COVID pandemic. We did most of our rehearsing all over Zoom, as everyone did in the world over Zoom. We'd only met in person twice before having to run it for tech rehearsal. We had tech rehearsal, dress rehearsal, and then we were on stage doing our production. So the bond us five women made was, I don't want to get too emotional, but it was pretty special because we knew we were all a bit crazy, uh, a bit wacko, but we needed to bond together as quickly as possible. Because if you've ever seen the show, or if you were lucky enough to see our show, you know so much of it is about the connection between the five women sitting on the stage. And oh my god, these four women are just the best. (laughs) I really hope you enjoy these four upcoming episodes. So without further ado, my first Love Loss and What I Wore episode features the incredible Claudine Sponagle. Claudine is a teacher and an actress. She is such a freaking gem of a human. If you saw her on stage during Love Loss, I mean, I, I she made me cry, right? How could she not? She's just so genuine, authentic, and oh god, just a kick-ass human being. Her story is incredible. I'm so excited for you to hear it. She's also the biggest Raptors fan I've ever met. <laughs> Please enjoy the talented, incredible Claudine Sponagle. that I've met through this is that I don't even, I have never seen their legs before, right? For me, they exist from here to here. Just this little, yeah. Yep. <laughs> nipple lineup. <laughs> As they say in our acting classes, film from your nipple lineup. <laughs> uh, oh, well, it's so good to see you. It's nice to see you too. It's, uh, I, I hope we can all see each other in person again soon. But Oh, I hope so too. It was just, that was such a riot being part of that show with you and the rest of the girls. Yeah. And that's what I mean. Like that little bit of time that we had at the end where we actually got to be together, it was like a a crash course in getting to know each other. And I think for that limited amount of time, we really connected a lot in such a short period of time, which I think that's one of the, one of the neat joys of, you know, doing theater or acting is that you see people in it, in a really, I don't know, like raw sort of way, I think, too. Lots of emotions and yeah. Yeah, I think it's something I've had conversations with people in this, like doing this, about how emotional restraint is the word that um, another doctor actor has used, where in most careers, it's not rewarded or advantageous to really show emotion. 
We all feel emotion day to day, but yeah. it's not, you know, you're not supposed to show it. In medicine, that's 100% the case. Where in acting, it's rewarded and seen as, you know, vulnerable and wonderful. Like you have to show this to the audience, this emotion. So it's hard to flip from those two, like from the mindset of don't show your real emotions mm-hmm. to you need to show your full emotions. And I can imagine your job as a teacher is very similar to that. Yeah, in some ways, for sure. I think it depends on who you're dealing with in teaching. Um, definitely when you're dealing with parents. Um, and then, with you know, with parents, it's if you're dealing with something like a difficult situation, right? Like a child's behavior or if a child um, has learning difficulties because you have to share that information in a more of a clinical way, right? That these are just the facts and these are the things that we can do to try to help your child or, um, but you, you can't get caught up in the emotion of, you know, if parents are upset or whatever. It's, and then I found over the years that I've been teaching the longer I teach, the easier that becomes. But of course, that's the same in any profession. Um, but I think, and, and with, with students, when you're dealing with, um, you know, if, they, if they're upset with another student or something like that, then you have to, you know, try to stay balanced and level-headed. But when you're dealing with things to do with connecting with kids, then I, I definitely think it, it's beneficial to show some emotion not like crazy highs and lows but for them to see that you're this real person that cares for them that understands and when you share stories personal stories you can just see that the kids are like you know they're so connected to you and they there's they're they're more invested because you've shared personal stories with them and it means a lot more to them than just somebody who just walks in does what they got to do and goes home so there's there's kind of like a little bit of a balance, but for sure it's not you know it's not the same as acting where you have to become those characters and all of that emotion. The more you can share, the more people connect to that character. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I wonder. I know when I was a kid, I used to see my teachers as like gods, right? Mm-hmm. Like I, they were just these incredible. I I loved school. I loved everything about it. And my teachers, I had great teachers growing up. And yeah, I think about the ones who really made an impact on me were the ones that kind of broke that, oh, like the, you know, the Wizard of Oz, the man behind the curtain, right? You get to see past the like God, like status we as kids put on grownups. You're like, oh, real people with real emotions. And it's okay for me to feel that because they're doing it. They're feeling it too. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. So tell me about how you got into acting. Well, I mean, if I go way back, I started acting class like I took drama in high school. And it just always felt like, um, I don't know, it just was like I would come alive when I got to perform and and interact with other people. And so there was always something that I just kind of felt like I wanted to be a part of that. When I was quite a bit younger, I used to do dance. And it's funny because I actually auditioned years back for um, a school of the arts in Toronto. And I had auditioned, I think I was in seventh grade, and I auditioned in dance. And I, you had to chew, you had to choreograph your own dance, bring the music, do the whole performance. And when I, 
performed it, they, you know, spoke to me after the, the adjudicators, the, the teachers, and they said that, you know, I did a great job, but that they felt that my performance was very theatrical and would I consider auditioning for theater. And at the time, I was so young that my, my heart was a little broken, right? Like I thought, oh, I wanted to be a dancer. And so I didn't audition for the theater uh, part of the school. And I just went to regular high school after that, regular like, elementary and high school. And looking back on it, I think, wow, they, they saw something in me then that I didn't see in myself yet. And it wasn't until I went to high school and I, you know, you have to take art classes. So I took visual arts and I took drama and drama just, yeah, I just came alive. And so throughout high school and then into university, I uh, was involved with community theater pretty much back then, a a play one play after the other just whatever I could could soak up and and then during the time when my children were little I I hadn't done a play in in years until we just did this play together and there was always something missing in me and I I remember when I was finished high school there was a part of me that wanted to to pursue acting but I've always been a very um cautious person and a little bit afraid of new and scary kind of things. And I remember thinking, like, did I have what it takes to, you know, to audition one thing after another? And, you know, the, I know you would know this, too, with your acting experience. There's lots of no's. You hear lots and lots of no's. And I wasn't prepared to experience that. And then the other part of me, also in high school, I had done a co-op experience in an in elementary school. And I loved that, too. And I thought, wow, you know, I really enjoy connecting with these kids. So there was those two things that I enjoyed. And I knew for me that the teaching thing seemed like more secure and safer. Um, And so there's little bits of me sometimes that has thought, I wonder what if, you know. Um, But I think that's why I've continued to stay involved with community theater over the years, because it just, I mean, again, as as someone who acts as well, you know that feeling of it's just like, it's pure bliss and it doesn't feel like work. When you're going out to do something, it's like, or for me anyway, that's what it feels like. It's like, I can't wait to get there to do another performance or to rehearse or, and the days that are long rehearsing don't feel long because you're just enjoying yourself. So yeah, that's, that, that's my long answer. I got involved in high school. <laughs> My mother-in-law calls me long-winded. I understand why. (laughs) (laughs) So you went to teacher's college, Mm -hmm. and now you're a teacher. Yeah. What brought you to auditioning for the show that we were in? Like, what kind of kick-started this reignition? Um, I think over the years, it's been... I've been thinking about it. Like I dream sometimes I'll have a dream that I'm on stage and I've forgotten all the lines to play and like nothing comes out of my mouth. And, you know, when I watch, I've gone, you know, to theater over the years or I watch movies and shows and there's just that feeling when, when someone does an amazing job of a performance, you're so connected. And like, I feel such emotion when I watch things that, it's always been there, right? And I've been missing it. But, you know, I got really busy when the kids were little. I focused on that. And then as they've gotten older and they don't need me as much, it's still, it's been in the back of my head. And I thought, this is ridiculous. Why am I not getting involved in this again? And over the years, I've looked into 
other theaters, but a lot of theater in this area is musical theater and I don't sing. <laughs> so I was like, uh, and so a couple years ago before COVID happened, I went to see a performance at the Matt theater and, um, I wanted to check it out because, I mean, not to sound snooty, but I didn't want to get involved with a theater that was like something really cheesy. I just thought, you know what, this is an extracurricular thing. It's extra time. I want a perform. I want a sh- theater that puts on great theater, great shows. And I really loved the show that I saw. So then I, I basically put in my name on the website and then I kind of forgot about it because COVID happened. And then when they sent out these uh, audition email, I was like, oh my gosh. And it sounded like such perfection. I was like, I haven't done theater in so long. This is all women. It's such a great play. It's got all these little bits. I thought, oh, I got to try it. And I was so scared and nervous because I hadn't done it in so long. So I only told my kids and my husband because I really didn't want to put it out there into the universe yet that I had done this. And there was a part of me that thought, you know, they say, if you want to do something, you should tell people, write it down, make it your goal. And I get that. But for me at that time, it was like, I just want to do this for myself right now. And of course, I told my kids and my husband because, you know, they were going to see me on Zoom auditioning. Um, But I didn't want to tell anyone else yet. And I knew I would tell everybody in the end because I'm not, I wear my heart on my sleeve. So there's no way I could have hidden it. If I hadn't gotten a part, I would have been like, I auditioned for something, but I didn't, you know, but I knew that if it wasn't meant to be, it wouldn't happen. And so I just, I'm so, so glad that I did because I did something that was scary. So it was great for me. It was great to show my children that you know what? Sometimes you need to do stuff that's scary. And, and if it's worthwhile, it should be a little bit scary sometimes because those things are worth trying to strive for. So, yeah, so it was always there, but uh, it was just maybe not the right time, I guess. And then I got to meet you and all the other women. So this was meant to be. <laughs> that sounds so cheesy, but... <laughs> I, it, yeah, sure, but... Things like that happen for a reason. They truly do. Otherwise, we wouldn't say it was meant to be so often, right? Like, yeah. I agree. I agree. Did you feel, and this is like no pressure if you didn't feel it, but did you feel that feeling of like when you're on stage again? Like, oh, here we go. Oh, this is amazing. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Like I was saying to my husband when I would leave each night to go to rehearse towards the end there when we were actually in the theater, I was just like, I was running to the car. Like I couldn't wait to get out, right? And I hadn't felt that way in a long time about something. So yeah, it was pretty incredible. Community theater, I think is, there's really nothing like it. It's so such a special beast. <laughs> you know, you've got people from all walks of life who are, yeah. Amateurs, but professional in every sense of the word. And everyone is just there volunteering their time for the most part, coming after work, and all there for the same goal, yeah. the same reason. And a lot of it has to do with just the pure joy and bliss, like you were talking about, of putting on a show and being on stage. Ugh. It's the best. Yeah. It's the best. Yeah. Yeah, it really is a, a special kind of connection that you can make with these people because it is 
yeah, purely just for the for the love of of yeah, the art of acting. Sure. Yeah. Is there anything that you've noticed that you've brought in from your teaching career into now acting? Anything? Any transferable skills that you've noticed? Well, um, I think you know. I mean, teaching—it's obviously a, a different scale, but you are sort of performing every day a little bit, right? I mean, I have to, as you said at the very beginning there, you have to kind of keep your emotions in check in certain situations. So there's that. And then there's just, you know, being able to, I mean, sometimes you're teaching something that, you know, especially if you've been teaching the same grade for a few years. So you might teach a concept that you've taught how many times. So it's really not that exciting, (laughs) but you have to make it because it's the first time they're experiencing it. Right. So there's a little bit of that where you have to act, act that, that aspect of, of the, you know, the lesson. Um, and then I think the other part, it would just be, um, you know, listening and really connecting with people because the best, relationships that you have with your students is when you're really paying attention to them and, you know, not getting caught up in the, you know, I'm tired and I'm not having a good day. And, and of course that happens, but when your kids need you, when your students need you, just like when you're, you know, on stage and you're, you've got this relationship with your, um, the other actors on stage and as well, what you're trying to give to the audience, right? To make them really feel who this person is. I think it's sort of that same sort of connection with the students that you teach and the people that, that you interact with to, to be a good teacher. I mean, when I think about some of the students that I've taught over the years that I, I still connect with now, like some of the adult students that have stayed in touch with me and the connections, I'm sure they don't remember what I taught them, but like, you know, academic stuff, but they remember the relationship, right? And so that's, that's kind of cool. So I think it's about relationship building. And that that would be something I think that that acting has too. that if you're making that connection with the audience and with your fellow actors, you're doing a good job. That's something that you do so well, just thinking about, like, say, like, your last monologue on the stage, you could hear a pin drop when when you were saying, what you had to say because again I think you yeah you connect with people so well and so quickly I think I think that's definitely one of your magic special powers for sure Uh, well thank you very much I I do like most people but (laughs) is there anything that so you mentioned kind of when you were finishing high school thinking about going into theater and then the issue of what we all know like rejection and stability and stuff like that and then now coming into it Mm -hmm. you know there still is that rejection fear instability what have you is there anything that you've noticed now that you're not as worried about that stuff or is it still there and you're kind of well I mean I know when I auditioned for that last show there yeah there was definitely that feeling of what if I'm not what they're looking for. I'm not, you know, I don't, I don't have that same quality that I once had. And what if I'm not good enough, right? There's that little bit of that nagging voice in your, in your mind that we all have, I think most people have a little bit of self-doubt, but the difference I think for me now is that 
I'm not relying on it, right? Like I wouldn't, you know, when I, when I considered, did I want to go into acting professionally and try to do that as a living when I was younger, that was the part that scared me. It was like, how am I going to support myself? Whereas now I don't have to worry about that, right? In fact, just, you know, in the last little bit, uh, I've been thinking about, and well, we had chatted about this, you and I and Stephanie, about the possibility of seeking out getting an agent. And for me, I think I'd like to do it just because what the heck, what have I got to lose? Right? Like if I don't get any jobs, okay, I don't get any jobs. But if I get some jobs and I have some fun, why not? Like I'll watch TV and some commercials will come on and they make me laugh out loud. I said to my husband, I said, I want to be in a commercial that someone watches in those 30 seconds and they laugh out loud. I would love to do that. (laughs) But if that didn't happen, it wouldn't be a big deal because I don't yeah. need it, right? So it would just be for the joy of it. And if it didn't work out, I, I mean, I, I think too now I'm obviously much more mature that I know that so much of, you know, acting too in the beginning stages is do you have the right look? Are you, you know, do you have the look they want? Are you, do you have the voice or whatever? All that sort of stuff comes a lot of time first it's what they're looking for and then after that it's oh do you have some talent too obviously you can't suck but <laughs> but there's the pressure is not there so if it works out it works out and that's where you know again auditioning for that show after all these years yeah I, there was definitely a little bit of doubt for me and but I wasn't that worried about it uh, as I would have been when I was younger. I think pressure's off as well as, so, so I wonder about this. Let me, let me know what you think about this. I, so I love to cook. And I remember thinking, you know, it'll be really neat to be a chef. Cause I do love to cook and I love to bake, but I wonder if as soon as I monetize that and it becomes my job, it's not going to be as joyful. So I would worry about, if I was a professional theater actor and my job was to get on stage and do love loss, would I still get that bliss feeling or does over time your body just does like, no, no more bliss. This is your job now. Yeah. This is job. This is a job and it's work. Yeah. 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 And I wonder too, if some of that, I think for, Again, this would only be my perspective because I haven't done it professionally. I think there's there's got to be some of that in in anything because it is a job and you have and you still have life, right? Like you might have someone who's ill in your family or you're not feeling well or your child is you know needs you, whatever. Those kinds of day to day stresses will always be there, whether you're you know making twenty million dollars for a movie or not. You still have life. I think maybe what I would imagine maybe the difference would be is that in acting, maybe if you've done the same show for months and months and months, but when it's different things like, you know, a television show here or this there or whatever, and you get to play different characters, I think that that would kind of bring it all back to life again. It's like, oh, I get to be a new person now, right? With a new set of people, a new director. And so that I think would sort of rekindle that joy again. But, but probably, yeah, there's, there's got to be times when people are like, oh, I got to go to work. And they're long days, you know, I mean, especially on set for things. I'm sure that yeah, it's tiring. Absolutely. Yeah. But I haven't really experienced that. So I don't know. That would just be my And that, I think that makes guess, sense. But. I think what what is interesting, again, about the pressure being off is that I would only assume in my very limited experience doing this, 
as soon as I put pressure on myself to book something, then the audition just turns into garbage. And so to have the pressure not be there at all, I think that's that just takes the whole weight off kind of your shoulders. And I know for people who are really, who are the pros, they have the pressure, but they know how to just take it off, right? Take it off for the moment. But yeah, I think there's something very genuine and authentic when there isn't that pressure there and you're just doing it for the pure joy of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Coming back into theater now, has anything surprised you? Um, well, I think for one, how easily I could remember lines again. I'm telling you, when I said I had dreams, like I'm not just talking one or two. Like I, on a regular basis, would have these dreams that, oh my gosh. And I remember saying, you know how dreams can feel so real. And I remember saying to my husband, like, what if I can't remember lines again? Because like, I'm 49 years old. There are things I can't remember. I'll be like, I can't, I don't know. Did I do that yesterday? I I don't know. But the lines just came. And so I don't know what that was, if it's muscle memory or just, you know, I was inhabiting that space of that person. And so the line came because I knew what the story I was trying to tell in that show, it was a little different because of course we had all those little snippets. Those ones were harder, but, but yeah, that would, that surprised me that, that it came back as easily as it did. Um, and I think, uh, I think just, I don't know, just, being on the stage again, I wasn't sure. I thought, am I going to love it as much as I once did? Because it had been so many years. And I definitely did. (laughs) So I guess I wasn't, I wasn't surprised. I just wasn't sure. Like, how am I going to feel about this again? And I, it was awesome. So awesome. I think the recurring nightmare of having forgotten your lines on stage is so common. I, it has to be I, I've had that. I had a recurring nightmare for years and years and years. I think I still do every so often. Years and years after graduating school of showing up, sitting down at an exam and not having studied the material. And I remember telling my therapist, and she was like, yeah, so everyone has that. <laughs> You're not unique. Okay. So You're then you like, feel normal, okay. right? Yeah. <laughs> normal. Like, okay, I'm normal. Oh, the worst. That get, when you said that, I like had my stomach just immediately went into knots. I was like, that's the worst feeling. Oh, yeah. I'll never forget yeah. when that happened to me in the second show. My mind going completely blank. Oh, and it, it is. It stays with you. And then, you know, and, and in theater, unlike, you know, film where they could just stop and start again in theater, you have to keep going, right? And then, and then if someone else forgets lines that have important information like I remember doing years ago Steel Magnolias and the woman who played Shelby I think it was Mm. Shelby the daughter um she forgot on stage to tell us that she had diabetes and like that's a big (laughs) that's why she's gonna die right she's gonna die why is she gonna die and I remember we were like circling back to try to get the information out and we got it but it Oh my gosh, it was like everyone was in a full sweat. Like, how the heck are we going to get this? <laughs> yeah, so I guess, yeah, it's common for everyone to yeah. feel that way. Because that, when you're doing live stuff, you know, you never, never know, know what's going to happen. happen. You just got to go out there and trust that we all have each other's backs. We can improvise. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you just, you're just a team out there, right? <laughs> for sure. Oh, the poor girl. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> 
Well, I was, I was going to ask you, do you have a crazy fun on stage story? Was that it? Uh, well, that was, that's definitely one of them. Uh, yeah, there's, there's lots. I mean, you know, I was trying to think back, but I think some of the funniest things were um, actually more like costume change things. Like I remember doing a show and I played similar to the show that we just did, only there were costume changes. I had to play a few different characters. And one of them was a 100-year-old Irish woman. And so I had played, it's a play called Seven Stories. And everybody's like, there's a man on a window ledge who's going to jump. And everybody is coming up out of windows. So you just, we would slide up the windowsill and, and come out and be talking to this guy on the ledge. And so I played a couple different characters. But the last one, the 100-year-old woman, I actually looked at the script this morning because I still have it. And there were two pages of dialogue before I had to come out as this 100-year-old oh woman. And the character before was just like, I don't know, she had, actually, she had a wig. She had a long black wig. And then I had to come out. And so, I mean, obviously... A lot of the character was going to have to be me portraying that, but you had to have something that kind of made me look a little bit older. So backstage, putting on a different outfit, a wig, they quickly were drawing lines to try to make me look older. It was like, oh my gosh, so stressful. And that one and another play actually that I did. And in the whole play, I was in this, um, it was, uh, it was, supposed to be like a home for special needs people this was back in like it was supposed to be set back in I think like the 40s or something and in the play the character that I played Fairy Mae oh my gosh she was one of my favorite characters I've ever played she was like in her imagination she was this beautiful woman right and in reality, like my hair was all messy. I had a tooth blacked out for the play. I was wearing a dress that the director actually asked me she's like take this piece of fabric home I want you to lay your body out on it, get your husband to trace out your body and then stitch it back together so that it was all like not very well made, right? But she thought she was wearing a beautiful pink gown. And again, at the very end of the play, I had like, I think 40 seconds to put on this beautiful ball gown, fix up my hair and try to come out and then quickly wipe off the stuff on my tooth. And it was so like so fast, right? So those kinds of moments, they were just totally stressful, uh, but yeah, I mean, there's, there's been so many fun moments on stage and, and stressful things like when, you know, lines didn't come out right, but mostly just, you know, stuff where you come off stage after and the adrenaline that you feel from those moments is so high. Right. Um, yeah. And, and like that, that old woman that I played, I remember, it's memorable to me too because I didn't know I had to play that character when I first auditioned for the play I was given two other characters to play and there was another woman who was like I think in her 60s playing the role of this one character and a couple weeks into the show uh, rehearsal rehearsals she had to back out of the play for personal reasons and I remember when the director asked me if I would do it and I was like I don't know, I think it was like 22 or something. And I was like, are you nuts? Like, I thought she was joking. She's like, no, I really believe you can do this. And so I remember her having me sit in the theater one day. Nobody else was in the theater. And she turned, she she said, I want to turn off all the lights because she could sense I was kind of nervous about what I would sound like and what I would look like. And I didn't think people would believe me as that character. And so she said, I want to take away everything else so that 
nobody can see you. We're just going to hear you. And so she turned off all the lights and I was just sitting on the edge of the stage and she was in the audience and she was running the lines with me. And I was, you know, trying my Irish accent on. And I remember feeling like, um, because you couldn't see me, it felt like a, like a weight off my shoulders that, okay, I can try this. Right. And as it turned out, that was one of my, uh, favorite roles. I remember my mother-in-law came to see the play and she knew that I was playing a couple different characters, but she didn't know about this one. And when the play was over, after, you know, you come out back from backstage and she was like, oh, it was so wonderful, whatever. And she's like, who played that old lady? Who was that? It was like the best compliment I could have had because she, and she's like, she was so good. And I, I was like, oh my gosh, because I was so nervous about being that person. And when she didn't even know that it was me, I was like, that was it. That was the best. So it was a really awesome feeling, you know, to be able to, to do something like that and have people believe it. It's just, yeah, it's pretty cool. So, yeah. Do you have any advice for anyone who's interested in getting back into theater or has always thought about it in the back of their mind like you did? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I guess everybody's situation is so different, right? But I, I think if someone isn't getting involved in it because, you know, they they can't because of, you know, financial reasons or hours of a job or children, I get that. But if someone's reasons are not doing it because they're afraid or they're wondering like, oh, what if, you know, I think from this, just this experience, this last time, I would say, you know, don't do that to yourself because you just don't ever know. And you might then down the road be like, I wonder if I had done that. Right. And that's, it's life is just so short. Again, another cliche thing, but to, to not try. Right. And, and why not? If you can, again, if all those other factors aren't there, why not? Because if it's something that you want to try, you've either never done it or yeah, again, you want to get into it and you haven't done it in a while. It's, it's just so, it feels so good, you know? And even if, even if you try for something and you didn't make it, you, you tried, right? I mean, how many things in life do we not do because we're afraid to try them? And it's just, yeah, I'd say just go for it. What did your family and kids think after your show? Because that was the first time they'd ever seen you, right? Uh, they loved it. I mean, you know, it was different, uh, especially for my son, right? Because he's, he's 15. He we was like, about a lot oh, of lady man. things. And I had told him. <laughs> yeah. And I had warned him. I had said, like, ordinarily, this would not be the kind of play I would take you to. But because your mother's on stage. But they were... Uh, they were really surprised, right? Like they didn't know what to expect because they'd never seen it. They'd heard me tell stories about all the theater I'd done in the past, but they'd never seen it. So they really, they, they kind of, they were kind of looking at me like, oh, wow, that's our mom, right? So <laughs> it felt really good. And my husband who had seen me in lots of theater before, he was really happy. I mean, he was just happy to see me having so much fun again and he was so supportive about, yeah, like, go do this, right? And uh, and I think it was, um, he was 
felt really proud to bring our kids to see their mom doing this thing that he knew I could do, but they had no idea. So I think there was, um, yeah, a real sense of pride for him to, to share that with them. So yeah, it was pretty cool. And I think for me as well, the biggest part was just showing them that I, I went out and did something that I was scared to do because they're teenagers and they have like their whole lives ahead of them. I want them to know that there's going to be things that you're nervous about, but it shouldn't, it shouldn't stop you from at least trying. So I was most happy about that for them. Yeah. Sorry. I'm so corny. How did, I didn't know I was going to be so corny. And <laughs> I remember the night when, uh, when they were there and it was just, yeah, it's just, it's just so special. I think because a lot of us, you know, we, don't have kids or didn't have like much like it's just and so I think it's so unique to have like your husband having seen this part of you but then your kids who are so integral to your life not knowing this part of you I just think yeah I remember I'm kind of relating to I remember (laughs) I remember seeing my dad doing something similar when I was in my early Mm -hmm. 20s and just being like yeah I think it's very similar, and I'm going to go all the way back to what we were talking about at the beginning, where you, your teachers are these gods, right? Same with your parents, right? You kind of think of them in one way, and when they yeah. kind of break that curtain down, like the Wizard of Oz, you're like, oh my god, who is this person? I like this person. It's yeah. so cool. Yeah, they have this other side of them. Is there anything that you are looking forward to on this family day long weekend and it's actually sunny outside i think right now because all this you know the restrictions are slowly easing up i'm looking forward to being able to live a little bit more and not feel so nervous about everything i know i'm speaking to a doctor here so i'm not like oh i'm going off without my mask (laughs) i haven't lost my mind Someone asked me the other day, oh, my Pilates instructor, she said to us, now, when they take masks away, do you think that you'll go like into big public spaces without them? And and all of us were like, I don't think we're comfortable with that yet. And for me in teaching, I think because I work so closely with kids, I I don't think I will. And I've gotten so used to wearing it that it's like, whatever, right? I can do my job with it on still, right? But yeah, I think just, um, just being able to you know, live again a little bit. And then for me, I think now that I've kind of uh, dipped my feet back into this acting pool, I think I'm looking forward to continuing to pursue that and not let all so much time pass again, because I just, you know, I saw how much it, it meant to me and how much I enjoyed it. I don't want to wait so much the next time. I'd like to do that sooner. Thank you everyone for tuning in to my first of four Love Loss and What I Wore episodes. And thank you, Claudine, for being my guest. I hope you all enjoyed it. I hope you enjoyed Claudine's story. She's the best, right? <laughs> Coming up, we've got three more episodes in Love Loss and What I Wore week. I hope you'll tune in. Bye. Second Act Actors is produced and edited by me, Janet McMorty. Theme music by Guillaume. Additional sound editing by David Studio. Additional video editing by Jackie Wadewer. Show notes written by Sarah Hopkinson. I record using Riverside FM. If you're interested in developing an interview-based webcast like mine, I highly recommend this platform. 
Shoot me an email and I'll direct you to the wonderful folks there. If you or someone you know is interested in being a guest, email me at secondactactors at gmail.com. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share with your friends. My love language is words of affirmation, so compliments, constructive criticism, and feedback are always welcome and encouraged. Negative Nancys, Judgy McJudgersons, or Debbie Downers, unless you're Rachel Dratch, regarding me or my guests are not welcome. It takes serious courage to share your story with the world, so if you're tempted to negatively comment about someone else's story, please ask your therapist why you're such a garbage person. Save the drama for the stage. On that happy note, I hope you'll tune in next week for another episode of Second Act Actors. Bye! Bye!